Welcome to the Matt's Mobile Mechanics Podcast, where we talk about car repair, business ownership, and everything in between. We're answering questions about car repair, business, and automotive industry standards. Sorry. Sometimes I really don't want her to know how much money I spend on tools. <laughs> I'm a mechanic, not a part salesman. Kenneth, do we have to hear your Batman breathing? Sorry. Over here dropping dimes like an uncoordinated bank teller. Sorry. I'm Matt Hernandez, founder and owner of Matt's Mobile Mechanics. I'm Kenneth Blair, senior technician and co-owner of Matt's Mobile Mechanics. So without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Welcome back to the Matt's Mobile Mechanics podcast. So um, today... We're going to be talking about, oh, and by the way, you know, I've got, uh, oh, well, we knew this. We knew Kenneth was here with me. It seems kind of a surprise these days. Is there a miss? That's a little bit of one. Yeah. I, I am a busy individual. Mm, busy as in? Uh, the, you get sick every once in a while? Every once in a while, and then it just kind of, kind of seems to keep kicking me. Yeah. Well, you need to quit doing that. It's annoying. <laughs> so. Let, let me tell you, I'm. I'm not enjoying it by any means. Yeah. I hear I hear whining and pansiness. Is pansiness a word? Eh, I don't think it is, but we'll just we'll, we will say it is. Yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with calling yeah, that a word. That, that's a that's a whole lot politer of a word than could be used. So, uh today we want to talk about I know we've talked about uh, in, you know, a couple <coughs> episodes ago we talked about the shortage in the skilled trades industries however what we're talking about those uh, those numbers and the uh, you know that study that i was citing did not specifically look at there was a lot of there were a lot of industries unrepresented in that um in that particular study one of which was the automotive technician um trade which is our trade which had i not missed that particular episode we probably would have gone into it a little bit more than we might yeah. have but i don't know if we would have had time honestly because that's a whole if that's, this is realistically a whole topic in and of itself so um for instance so so i've got numbers about the particular skill trade that we're talking about the auto technician it actually it actually looks more dire than the overall study that was cited in the general broad stroke of that skill trade. So that skill trade study that I was talking about um, with Billy in that episode, um, you know, it, it mostly seemed to be geared towards manufacturing, um, manufacturing and, equipment, mechanics, Well, and the, the electronics, numbers that we were both looking at engineers. up to that uh, episode, mm-hmm. a lot of that was construction, construction and welding. Yeah. And not, not so much the industry that you and yeah. I are in, 
as far as the automotive. So the Department of Labor um, looks at like they they classify things in a in a very weird manner sometimes. And so when you think skilled trades, you think it's going to encompass everything. It doesn't. And and is also in 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 the defense well, of a lot of those you studies, you think it would encompass a lot of things that it doesn't encompass. Yeah. And then there's a couple of things that they consider a skilled trade that I I myself wanted. Yeah, and and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, in, in their defense, whenever they're running these studies, it would be a lot to try and it would be a lot to try and pull every single skilled trade in the workforce. So, um, the Bureau of Labor. Um, is is getting me? Is, I have some statistics, um, involve or involving the automotive technician world. So the automotive technician world, which seem which is obviously a little bit um, more relevant, you know, to our line of work, obviously. And like I had mentioned in that in that previous episode, I see it. I've seen it personally. I've seen what it may be anecdotal evidence, but I've seen there is a there is a somewhat of a shortage in the um, skilled trades world for automotive technicians. Sorry, I had to scratch. Oh, okay. You looked at me like maybe I had something going on. So here's some numbers for you, man. So check this out. 750,000. That number is how many automotive techs are in the nation. And the, the funny thing about that particular number is... The auto manufacturers are manufacturing millions, yeah, of vehicles a day. Mm-hmm. And there, there's there's less than a million of technicians that work on these things and fix them. This is this is nationwide seven hundred fifty thousand. Now that number isn't necessarily particularly a scary number. It is lower than what I'd like to see to maintain. So this is so here. Some people are asking this. If so, if my math is correct, that's that's well below. That's like point five percent of the population. You know, that is point. That is point. Um, it's point two five percent. It is. It is half, or it is a quarter of one percent. That is a very low number. Yeah, it's a very low number. Is that is that my math? I don't know. Let's pretend that uh, let's pretend that math works out. Someone can fact check me on that. I think that's the number I came <laughs> hey, out with. JVS. That's a shout out to you, my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, he probably still will make fun of you for it, not me. Probably. So seven hundred. My number is probably closer to being right. Yeah, my number is probably the rightest. Well, rightest your grammar is, is not. Rightest is a word now. <laughs> so seven hundred fifty thousand texts nationwide. Now. What does that mean? This is this is why I people at people ask. Well, why is it that mechanic shops charge X amount of dollars? Why can't mechanic shops charge you know eighty, ninety, hundred dollars an hour? And here is the answer: because they know how to do it, and you don't. And the number of people who know how to do it are getting fewer and fewer by the day. So yeah. Because and in our particular trade, you can't be like, well, I'm one in a million because there's not even a million. Yeah, we're literally less than one. We're one in less than a million <laughs> like on it, like literally legitimately. Now, of these 750,000, that, incorpor- that, that encompasses the entirety 
of all automotive technicians in the nation. That means lube techs. That means diesel mechanics. That means master mechanics. So how many of the 750,000 are diesel technicians? Much, much fewer than 750,000. Because a strong portion of that number are lube techs and people who just work on brakes and stuff. How many of those mechanics can do what we do? We do diesel, automotive, uh, heavy machinery. We do everything. That's my point. That's what I'm getting at is that the people who are very well versed in this industry and really well skilled, who are master mechanics, who can work on diesels, who can, you know do more than just be a lube tech or a brake technician, those people are even fewer in number than the 750,000. So So, if we were to put a arbitrary number on it, we can essentially say that. Well, I'd be willing to bet less than half of those 750,000 are, um, are highly skilled technicians. Actually, I guarantee it's less than half. And I know this, um, because, the because um or, or right around half of those on the high end are skilled technicians because half of them because less than or less than half of them right around like half 50 ish percent are have, have less than 10 years experience because they are new to the industry because the majority of this industry the majority of the 750,000 are older folks uh, we're we are amongst the youngest in our trade um well, and with our skill level, we are we are the babies. Yes, in comparison to uh, the 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 majority of our trade that is getting ready to retire in the near future. That's why this is what you know. This was my chicken little. The sky is falling. That I talked about in the previous episode. That a lot of the people in the skilled trades uh, world are old. They're getting ready to retire. Um, no one stays in this job past 65. 65 is a really old man in this game. Oh, well, and if he's, if he's still in this game at that time, he, <clears throat> he don't touch a wrench. Not likely. So $750,000, or $750,000, um, that's just a number that so, I like to throw out there. So it's a nice number. It's a nice number. What is the relevance? None. <laughs> 750,000 techs nationwide is what we've got. Um, there are there are uh, experts that are projecting that we need forty six thousand more technicians by twenty twenty six. Now twenty twenty six seems and, like a long ways away. But that would wouldn't that just maintain our numbers at seven hundred fifty thousand? It would because how I mean how no many no no these... it it wouldn't even necessarily maintain it would just it would just meet our minimum criteria needed to actually um, meet the needs of the service industry because forty six thousand more forty more than forty six thousand are going to be retiring by twenty twenty six right so that would just basically fill. Like that's what we need, not what we want, not what's going to keep things the same in status quo. That's what we absolutely need in order to not make a actual crisis occur. So 46,000 by 2026, 2026 doesn't seem like, a, it doesn't seem like it's right around the corner. Um, but it is close enough to be concerned, especially considering the fact that these 46,000 to replace the people in these industry, in these, in this uh, trade are, it's not just a matter of them getting into it, which doesn't require a ton of training. Like it requires uh, the minimum two years of training for mm-hmm. the automotive tech world. However, in order to be a real experienced mechanic, 
realistically, you need about 10 years experience to be, to be considered an experienced mechanic. Yeah. And in our, in our line of work and, you know, the things that we've done with this company over the last three years, I, I would, I would concur with that agreement or with that, with that statement. Yeah. But, because if they have less than, less than the 10 years. Yeah. It's it's really really challenging Most, for them to do this job. So the majority of the you know what would what would be considered an experienced technician in you know this particular article that I'm looking at here, what a lot of people are saying is you know what the what the guys who have a lot of experience they're considered to have 19 years experience, um, and that's and that, those are the guys they're getting they're here very shortly are retiring out, and we don't have a lot of what's going to be replacing them. Is basically it's going to be filled with an industry full of, <clears throat> you know, younger generation. Um, that eventually, you know, by the time by twenty twenty six rolls around, they, you know, people <coughs> like they'll be getting pretty close to having that nineteen years experience. By twenty twenty six, all more than have that nineteen years experience. You know, and 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 we'll be, you know, we'll be the old folks in this in this game. But some days I already feel like the old yeah. folk. So here's another number I want to throw at you. 317,000 of the 750, so not quite half, but a big hefty portion of that. 45%. Are employed by dealerships. So so 750,000 is the total number. 317,000 work in dealerships. Why is this number even mildly relevant? I'll tell you. That means that we have... Basically, less than we have barely, we have barely, we've read around about 60 ish, not even quite 60 percent, less than 60 percent are working in, you know, what I would consider reputable shops. Because a dealership to me, uh, I, I wouldn't even say that. Well, and that you're right, because we've got other shops that we could weed out, and then realistically. We more or less probably have thirty or forty percent of these mechanics working in reputable shops. Mm-hmm. Shops that actually now, know what they're now doing. Now, if you if you factor in the because most of the guys that are working in the dealerships, a lot of the one, a lot of the lower guys, yeah, they're they're not master mechanics. They they they're part changers. Yeah, they you know, somebody else diagnosed it. This is what the problem is. Fix it. Well, if you read this article, it does it does in it does basically point out that it seems like dealerships are entry level jobs because that's what they are. They are, um, and and that's exactly what happens is people go to work for these dealerships because they don't care if you have experience or not. Well, the average the average person, um, uh, more than half of new hires in these dealerships leave within two years. So well, because what they do is they come into come into it, get two years experience, you know, and they get purchase, on with get their the, tools and, and they get on with a better and they, they move shop. to another shop. Yeah. So so that 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 or they they get into number, it and find out it's not what they want. Funny thing is that number looked like they were pr- promoting it as a an alarming number in the article, saying that they can't keep people in dealerships. But the reality is the reason why that well, exists is that, because that is a very true statement. They can't keep them in the dealerships. They can't keep them in the dealership because, because they don't entry pay level. them. Yeah, it's entry level, and they're moving to better jobs. That's why fifty percent of them are moving on. They're not necessarily most. Of, a lot of those fifty percent <coughs> aren't leaving the workforce altogether. They're just going to a better shop. They got a better deal. They're going to do better work at somewhere that's basically better than or they a dealership. Found a, they, they found themselves a specialized portion of a job uh, of of the industry. Yeah, you know they they got really interested in doing. 
transmissions or whatever. Yeah. So instead of being in a dealership, they decided to move or, on to the transmission shop. Or they just went to a general mechanic shop that actually is going to give them the training they need <clears throat> and provide them, you know, basically treat them as though they're, you know, give, give them the respect that they need, give them the money they need. Or they've targeted more of a specialized skill, like, yeah. uh, you know, restoration jobs. Mm-hmm. That they they want to do the performance and restoration stuff. Yeah. The the hot so that number's not necessarily an alarming rock, number, but it does point out that 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 number <coughs> to me that fifty percent of new hires leave within two years of a dealership point out points out to me that a that it is basically an entry level position, which just you further solidifies. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> F- further solidifies my you know my. The way that I feel about dealerships is they they're they're not they're not <coughs> higher quality maintenance. What they basically are is you're going there paying more for less experienced maintenance. This is what you're getting, you're better or lower, lower lower quality maintenance. You always will be. So I need to say that you know McDonald's actually refused to hire me. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't have hired you either if I was McDonald's. I'd be like, he's gonna eat all my burgers. No, so I, I was just <laughs> overqualified. The manager straight told me, she's like, I won't hire you. Is overqualified a nice way of saying overweight? Kind of, sort of. I got (laughs) got a lot of experience. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you got a lot of experience eating these burgers. (laughs) So um, we have an expected shortage. Um, A near, like this is a near shortage. Like within the next couple of years, we have an expected shortage of 20 to 25,000 workers in the automotive technician trade now 20 to 25,000 is a substantial number considering there's only 750,000 of us in the nation that's that's a pretty substantial number i mean so so, i mean what does that what does that mean what does that mean for the uh for the for the uh industry what does that mean for the people well here's what what it means is um uh one we're not filling we're not we're not we're not appropriately filling these seats as the old people are getting ready to retire, there's not a lot of people in like, like our age group, for instance, right. our age group, we are very, a very rare breed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically either uh, folks above 40 or folks in their early twenties, like just starting out. It's I mean, basically like the, out of school. Yeah. 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 So it's basically kids straight out of high school and kids in their, or kids, uh, people in their forties to fifties. Mid to so, late forties. So the uh, right now, at this present time, a moment, the people in their late twenties, early thirties, um, that age group is a very, very small number. And you know the reason, one of the major, big reasons why is we're in that age group that was graduating high school right around the big recession of two thousand eight. Yeah. So there's that. So we have a lot of a lot of people who rushed out to go get bachelor's degrees and stuff like that and avoided the skilled trades, which is a big major factor into why we don't have people coming into the skilled trades in general. And we have this it's almost like a generational gap here. And so it's not, I wouldn't say generational per se, because there are millennials entering into <coughs> the skilled trades workforce, but the older millennials um, like us. Um, who are on the you know the early you know the the earliest of the millennials that are not that didn't really enter into it because we were approaching you know high school age or you know graduation of high school age and adulthood and all that stuff during the recession and so a lot of people <coughs> well, were there was some of us that were already out 
Yes. That were already out of high school and out in the field already. Yeah, but but the but a lot of a big a big chunk of that of that generation, you know, was hitting that that graduation age right around the recession and the idea was, you know, you got to go to college. If you want to make any amount of money in this down economy, get to go to college. So that's that is a big issue as a whole in the skilled trades world, which ironic you would say that, that people say you got to go to college to make some money. Yeah. I can I can actually think of several people that I know personally that went and did the four-year college degrees and spent all that money going to these colleges and they they don't have a job. Yeah. Well, there, I, there is no work for them. Well, I'm I mean I'm looking at, you know, median pay right now in in the um, you know, mechanic world and, you know, a master mechanic uh on average uh makes around 69,000 a year. Not bad pay. Lube techs, eh, not as bad, not as great. Twenty nine thousand, but that requires less experience. I know people experience. that have four year bachelor degrees and stuff that, you know, they're not even making twenty thousand a year. Now, now here's my point with this, or with whenever I was talking about the, um, you know, the bachelor's degree and all that stuff. There is no, there is no question that skilled trades are a viable option for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But why is it that it seems like the mechanics, the automotive mechanics, seem to suffer a little bit more so than some of the other skilled trades? Is it people aren't because whenever you look at so in, in whenever you look at other skilled trades, um, pay is, is our pay as far as mechanics go. Most mechanics, their pay is um, is pretty comparable to most other skilled trades. Yeah, I mean we're we're right on par with yeah. a lot of other ones. Electricians, but plumbers. I can tell um, you where that difference comes in. Yeah. Yeah, just from personal experiences on that. It's how rapid our industry changes. Yeah. But, but well, think about it. Then think, again, hold on. Hear me out. Think about it. How rapidly our industry changes. Okay. You know, uh, vehicle manufacturers can change an engine, you know, three times over the course of ten years. Yeah, but same I mean, engine, but they change it, and you've got to change to you've got to purchase the tools to accommodate those changes. Okay, so take take the newer cars now. Yeah, some of the stuff that we we need to do to them, we've got to have scanners and stuff, uh, computer code readers and stuff that can. I'm not 100 percent convinced that that scares away people from joining the industry because here's it. Like, well, hold on, I I didn't. I didn't know we were talking about what scares them away from it. That's what I'm talking about. Is it, what, oh, okay. What's okay, preventing people from getting in? Because we have, like, because you I talk about. I were talking about what, what prevents them from staying. Oh, staying. Uh, this is the thing is I think a lot of people actually honestly are staying in. I think a lot of people stay well, in. we get a lot of those younger kids that get scared of staying in because they're looking at, well, I'm making 10 bucks an hour as a lube tech. But in order to make any money, I've got to buy, got to buy thousands, thousands of upon thousands that's of dollars where, of tools. So this is where it differs drastically well, from. And that's what I was saying is why, like, take yeah. take uh, a welder, for instance. Yeah. A welder doesn't have to spend near as much money in tools to get started. He's got to buy a nice helmet. Mm-hmm. you got to have the cool flame job on your helmet. But he doesn't have to go and buy a new welder. It's necessary. You have to have the flames on your helmet. Yeah, yeah. Or like a skeleton face. Mm-hmm. That's a thing you but have to have. But he doesn't have to spend that amount of money no. in just to get started to continue in this industry. No, not necessarily. In fact, most I mean, most jobs provide the welders. Well, because um, it's all PPE. It's all, it's all yeah. you know, of course you're going to have tools that you prefer. And you can go purchase, uh, you know, the, what are they, the needle grinder situation? 
Yeah. For knocking the scale and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have the ones that you prefer. But that can be, that's a, you know, $3,400 purchase that will last you yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Versus in our industry. In our industry, like, we have we have thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of tools. Mm-hmm. It, and, the, and, and it's commonly it's commonly accepted that the employee, the mechanic, well, has to provide their own tools. Yeah. If if you don't come to the shop with tools, a shop then will not. You're not getting hired. Finding a shop that will provide you with tools is few and far between. The only way you're getting and tools provided provide to you, you is if you're a lube tech or an entry level position. Exactly, and yeah. that's that's where I was going to go. Is if they the good do money, provide them for you, say you're you or I were to do it. Yeah. And we were to go to a shop and we needed them to provide the tools. We're we're worth well more than eight to ten dollars an hour. Yeah. But that's what they would offer to pay us because we don't come with our own tools. Even if you have the skill set, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Even if you have the skill set, if you don't bring your own tools to the table, you're not getting paid. You're, yeah, you're you're very not getting well paid at all. for it. So that's a real big difference in a lot of versus a lot of other skilled trades, like for instance, electricians. We can use a machinist as one too. Yeah. If you if you come into a machine shop and they expect you to bring a CNC machine with you, bring a lathe. Hey, where'd you where's your lathe at? Oh, I didn't I didn't bring one. There would be so many you know so few less people in in that industry because well you don't want to provide you. It, that's a huge expense. And someone would say, well, that would be a ridiculous idea to have to bring a twenty thousand dollar machine. Well, look at you know look a lot at of what mechanics toolboxes when I show up to someone's house. A lot of mechanics toolboxes, uh, tools-wise, even if they got them for good deals and didn't buy a bunch of snap-on garbage, um, even if they didn't buy that crap on, there is, there is. Um, <laughs> I just caught that. <laughs> even if they didn't buy that, a lot of mechanics are going to have, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand, sometimes fifty thousand dollars worth of tools, dependent upon obviously what particular, tra- you know, what particular specialty they're in what they have an average mechanic i would say in order for that mechanic to have a reasonable tool setup is going to have about mm, between eight to twelve thousand dollars worth of tools and that's like that's that that doesn't cover literally everything that's just like you know a lot of the basics and then (coughs) a fair amount of specialty tools are going to get you you by jacking implements if you combine, you know, what's in your truck, what's in my truck, and what we have in our garages, and and now when I say this, I'm I'm referring to specifically just our mechanic tools. Yeah. Tools specifically for mechanic. I guarantee between the two of us, we have somewhere between fifty to sixty thousand dollars in tools. Yeah. Yeah. And for sure. A a good bulk of that we've had to acquire over years. And a lot of that stuff would be stuff that, I mean, there's probably about ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 worth of those tools that a mechanic shop would not expect you to provide as your own, you know, mechanic. Right. Um, Cause there's some equipment there that's typically expected of a shop to provide. Cause some of that equipment is stuff that, you know, obviously since we own a shop, we have that stuff. Right. But you know, more or less a mechanic is expected to have a minimum of about, eight or ten thousand dollars worth of tools well when you when you're making and, and, when and you're making you know ten fifteen bucks an hour eight or ten thousand dollars is time to get that's a lot of money and so then you end up you end up typically in a situation where you're you get stuck well, in that then, that aspect where you're that, financing your tools just so that you can make more money so that you can afford your very tools few places so that you that can do financing and one of those places is crap on and it, um it they they are so expensive yeah. that now that eight to ten thousand dollars is thirty thousand thirty. 
Yeah. You know, it, it's a substantial increase yeah. because they know that. And so, so very few industries actually are expecting you to. So here's, for instance, let's take. So I consider nursing to be a skilled trade. Yes, and a lot of people I, kind I of. Agree. A lot of people kind of consider nursing um, as like a um, like a higher education type job. I don't. I mean, it, it's almost like it's a tech. It's school. a skilled trade. It, I think it is. They are skilled. Now they can, you know, the further up they get, it can be can. You yeah, know, you can get master's degrees. In, yeah, you know, nursing. But you can get bachelor's. There, there in are, order to do what a nurse does, you've you you are a skilled individual. Well, just I mean the same though with doctors. I mean, you know, a surgeon is obviously a skilled tradesman of sorts, but it's a speaking. higher education you right. know, degree that's required. A oh. nurse though is is almost like it's a tech school. When you go into nursing school, it's it's more along the lines of. Most, like a tech school. Most nursing opportunities are provided in tech schools. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that, that's where you start. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's, so it's so if I take nursing, for instance, as a skilled trade, um, you're not expected to, you know, bring your own medical equipment. Uh, like, there's a few things that you're expected to have, but yeah, not. Well, I, would, I would say stethoscope, but you know, you're not required to have that unless you're a doctor. No, <laughs> that's how you tell the nurses and the doctors apart. <laughs> that person right. has a stethoscope. Excuse me, may I see your doctor's license? Right. Are you licensed to have that stethoscope? <laughs> um, but no, they're not expected to have you know EKG machines, and MRI right. machines. I mean, you could be you could be a uh, MRI technician. You know, you could you could run the MRI. No one's going to say, okay, you want to work at this hospital? Where's you got to bring your MRI with you. What, what are you doing? You want to work here? Where, where's your computer that hooks up to this? Yeah, why can't? Why aren't you bringing? <laughs> why aren't you bringing the the MRI software? X-ray tech. Where's your leaded vest? Yeah, you got to bring this <laughs> stuff. No, that stuff's provided by the employer. So, and and I, I kind of sort of get why shops are that way, where they're not providing tools, and mechanics are expected to have those tools. And it has to do with the fact that, you know, it's hard to track those tools and make sure they're not getting lost or stolen or broken. And and they're not being an expense of the shop. And they are kind of more personalized to the individual and how things. So I kind of well, sort of get that. But I, I can kind of understand that. And a lot, a lot of mechanics prefer to have their own tools. Yeah. Because, like, say, when I'm working with you. Yeah. Even though I know your toolboxes as well as I know mine. Using mm-hmm. my own tools, I am just more comfortable with them. Me too. Because there's certain tools that I use that well, I don't like most your, people don't. I don't like your stupid cobalt uh, ratchets that uh, have the wrong way for the <laughs> switch. Throw me off with my craftsman. Huh. And and take my helper, for instance. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've got my, my breakneck ratchet. Yeah. I, I prefer to use that on everything. He prefers mm-hmm. to use that cobalt, the one that you're... I like Mad neither. About. Switches are the wrong way. <laughs> well, see. Every single time I use one of your ratchets, it takes me an extra, I don't know, good 45 seconds to do whatever I'm doing because I have to I have to constantly, every single time that I'm switching around and doing stuff, I got to I got to reiterate the whole lefty loosey left or lefty loosey righty tighty nonsense and then I have to look at the stinking labels on off. Got it. Or I just switch it and then like crank it over a couple times yeah. and be like, "All right, all right, we're going the right way." Well, and that that's habit out of me, uh, you know, that's second nature. I don't have to do that with a craftsman. I know exactly which way it's going whenever I flip that switch. Even when I pick up a craftsman, it's still it's still second nature. It's because I, I you're constantly switching around all loosey goosey. You're just you know well, all that's pouring gotten, around with you know, your ratchets. That, that's why I've gotten to where I've got the one that I prefer. Yeah. So anytime I go to my toolbox, that is the one I go after. Mm. 
you know, every mechanic has their preferred tools. Yeah. Well, it's mostly my fault because I, because I got, you know, so accustomed to craftsman because i think now that i've been thinking about it i think craftsman is the only one that switches opposite of literally everybody else because <laughs> snap-on does it the way that pittsburgh does it and cobalt does it and i think stanley and i think <laughs> craftsman's the old craftsman's the one that's the opposite one. Oh, that sucks for you why is that stanley owns craftsman oh i swear if they switch craftsman <laughs> ratchet switch around I'm gonna find out whoever made that decision, and I'm gonna I'm gonna swing that big old half inch ratchet right at their <laughs> right at their baby maker. So, um, anyways, mildly off topic, we got there. Uh, don't know why I turned into Yoda for five seconds. <clears throat> we got mildly off topic there, but um, so providing providing your own tools that can be a big hurdle. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what scares a lot of people from continuing in the industry. And then on top of that, we're one of the few skilled trades that um, it, there are rare opportunities for paid training. Yeah. Most of the time, you got to pay for your own tech school. Mm-hmm. And then you start an entry-level well, position most, job that doesn't most pay of the very time, well. You, you have to pay for your tech school and everything before anybody will even let you in yep. the shop. Yeah. So you look at, for instance, so we talked, uh, I talked with Billy, um, and He's in, a, he's in a four-year program right now. His training is 100% paid for. His training is paid for. His school paid for. And while he's in that school, while he's doing the schooling, he's also being paid to get on-the-job training and relatively decent money, too, like good money. He's being paid to work in training to get his on-the-job training. He's being paid to go to school. And, and this is something that is rarely offered in the mechanic world. Which is what we're trying. We're trying to change that a little bit. Like, yeah. well, I want I want um, people to come in, and I, like we we have an apprenticeship program because that's something that doesn't really happen in the mechanic world. That I feel like should be the case. Like I feel like we should yeah. be paying for training, um, so that so that we can attract some more mechanics in here. Now, because in the short term it looks good for us. It's like oh, there's a shortage in the mechanic world. Well, guess what? You know, we're one of the few. We're, right now, we are one of 750,000 people. Give it 10 years, and neither one of us is going to want to, uh, I guess you could say, stay at what we're doing. Well, we're, we're not going to be able to handle it. Not only that, but it, it, it'll, get, it'll get too bad. Like, there'll be a point where... It'll get super bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we were sponsored by that movie. Um, no, but so I. But, but my point is, is that like in the, in the short term, it'll look great. You know, it'll be like, oh, rates are going to go up, things are going to get great. But then in the in the long term, it's going to look it's going to it's going to turn bad because of what's going to happen. There's going to be a reaction to this, and then all of a sudden there'll be an influx, and then we'll be dealing with you know drove after drove after drove inexperienced personnel handling you know the on and the working and then the mechanics are going to get a worse reputation than they already have because no people aren't going to be good at their jobs um that's going to be that's a little bit of a concern of mine so uh talked about our the turnover oh look at that i did um i covered a lot of my bullet points already so i don't even need this anymore um so another thing is work environment that's a thing so here's the thing a lot oh, of new generation workers a... are not as cool with the typical mechanic type environment. And I'm not saying they're pansies. 
what I'm saying is, well, if you compare them to what I what when whenever I first came into this thing, yeah, there there's no better term for it than they're they're pansies. Well, and this is now what you know my first mechanic type job. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have been unheard of to you know have to watch out for tools flying because somebody just smacked their hand on a on a, a frame rail. And all you hear is a bunch of cussing and tools come flying across the shop. Well, it's not even just that. It's also it, it reminds the crude... me of the the dodgeball. If you can yeah. dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yeah. Yeah, you, you learn to dodge stuff pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Uh, that's why if there is a random like uh, clanking noise going on whenever we're working on a car and you see Kenneth like dodge and duck real quick, <laughs> it's natural reaction. He's <laughs> survival of the fittest or built the, in. the fattest, whatever yeah. way you want to look at it. That's that's your problem. <laughs> You're a big target. You got to move quick. <laughs> Which surprisingly enough, as yeah. big as I am, I can move pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's because you been had conditioned. to. Yeah, you had to. You had to. You had to move quicker than the skinnier guys because skinnier guys just have to move an inch. You got to move well, like seven inches. <laughs> Not only that, but have have you ever uh, watched me like while I'm working underneath the vehicle? Yeah. And I drop the wrench mm-hmm. right above my head? Yeah. My head moves really fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I do the same thing, too. I look like I've got some sort of epilepsy going on. <laughs> there, there's been a few times that yeah. I should have just, you know, took the 3 H ratchet to the forehead because yeah. the frame well hurt worse. Yeah. <laughs> I've been bopped in the face a little bit too many times by heavy tools that I've dropped on my own face. <laughs> Even I've dropped one on you. Yeah, you dropped one on me. It was, it was uncomfortable. It was a big one, too. It was like a half-inch it drive. The, it was my half-inch ratchet. No, I think it was your half-inch drive uh, oh, uh, the extension. extension the, the big extension. Like the, like, like the foot long or foot and a half <laughs> the 12 inch or 18 inch well, extension you, or something like you, that we were oh we were trying to knock the pistons up out of that engine yeah yeah we're, and we're pushing i the got it to break out. loose and because it was bound and whenever i got the yeah. piston to come release yeah it gravity just dropped that ratchet <laughs> or that uh extension that, yeah gravity just just uh made a made a dropped wonderful the, connection with my, three pound with my extension on your face wasn't comfortable i had a bloody lip <laughs> I looked like I got in a fight, and I—I I mean, I guess I did, kind of fight with the tool. So, but. Uh, so, but the work environment, not besides the you know, but the crude nature of the work environment. So here's the deal: um, a lot of a uh, lot the, of younger the crude kids. Nature of the mechanic environment. Yeah. Uh, oh, that also that also and then, you know, that also brings me the crude nature of the in- mechanic environment. That that plays to why there are so few women in this industry. Did you know there are one percent? <coughs> Yeah. 1% of the 750,000 auto technicians are women. Mm-hmm. That's a small number. Now, here's the thing. I'm not I'm not necessarily saying we need more women. But what I am saying is that I the don't want to discourage women. I don't want to discourage women from being in the industry if they want to be in the industry. I'm not saying that women will, you know, necessarily benefit or well, make it worse. If, I'm not saying we like that, we have to have I know, them. I know but a what few I am women saying that are that, in our industry, and yeah. not necessarily in the mechanic side of it, but you know, part uh-huh. suppliers that they actually know more than how we've had several mechanics roll through our business, and these women know more than all of those mechanics combined did. And they're just not. They just don't turn wrenches. Yeah. They 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 know. Well, they know a lot more about cars than what most I, of these. What, some of these mechanics we've. What had I'm saying through. is, like, I I would think it would be a like. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that there is not like it. We have to have more women. Right. I'm not saying we need 50 percent women in the workforce in order for it to be a good workforce. I don't think. 
I don't think that's how equal, like I think, but there still should be equal opportunity. I think the opportunity mm-hmm. should be there. So if you are a woman who wants to be in the workforce, you shouldn't be discouraged because the, the environment is so crude that you don't want to be around it type of a deal. That's not fair. So there are women who otherwise, because so, not every woman wants to be in this workforce. Right. And, and regardless of the environment, some they, just don't, they don't care for automotive mechanics. So they don't care for automotive mechanics. I don't think we should be, you know, making it making it a big initiative to have to bring more women into the workforce. But I do think that we could make it an environment that whenever women do want to be in the workforce, they're not terrified of joining it. <laughs> you know, because it, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibilities to see in a lot of now you won't see this in dealerships or might not see you probably won't see this in dealerships, but you'll see it in independent shops, especially smaller mom and pop shops. You'll probably typically see that calendar girl, uh, calendar girl, um, uh, mechanic calendar girl. That, that is a, a calendar. Main, that is a main staple in in any a typical uh, mechanic shop, shops. like a, a hot rod shop or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's going to be they'll either be scantily clad or like a summer swimsuit edition type situation with calendar or straight up naked. Oh yeah. Now it's not going to be visible to the customer, but it will be in the mechanic shop. And that's not an environment that, you know, and I don't know, some women are going to probably enjoy that. You depend upon the woman. Right. That's how things are, you know, whatever. But what I'm saying is, is the, the objectification of the, the women in that particular case. And I am by no, you know, particular stretch of the imagination, like a, a super feminist or anything like that. But I don't think that, I think that that crude environment doesn't, shouldn't have a place in our workforce. Right. Um, and it's, and there's probably some people out there saying, oh, these guys are a bunch of pansies, you know, back in my day, we had, uh, we didn't just have naked women calendars. We occasionally just had naked women just laying around in the shop. We just had naked women, just naked women everywhere. What shop is that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do you need an address? Yes, I do. Cause and apparently time I did not get my training in that <laughs> shop. <laughs> no, but, uh, for instance, uh, my father-in-law, your uncle, he's got a, uh, me. he has a calendar. Oh. Um, yeah, that is gravity. He's got a calendar. Um, he has a, he, he has got a calendar that's forever been hanging up in his shop and there are naked women on that calendar. Yeah. Well, and I, I've seen it in several, you it's know, several old. Clients. It's like outdated. It's like a 20, 2015 calendar or something. He hasn't. Well, and that, that's like, I've seen in several, you know, we've gone, gone, I've gone to several clients houses Yeah. and in their garage, which is considered their man cave. Yeah. It, same situation in there. But it was it was a, it's it's kind of a a nod to the era that those things were happening like mm-hmm. that stuff was and it still does occasionally happen and I'm talking about and it's not just that it's the the crude nature in general the uh, the kind of very rough and tumble type individuals that are in these shops the the uh, the the foul language that occurs in these shops and it's just. It's just, and it's not just women that are being steered away from this workforce. It is also millennials, the younger, the younger millennials entering the workforce right and now. A lot of the uh, that have, I'm the, willing to bet, a lot of the the millennials that are steering out of it is because something that is super common in almost any skilled trade, mm-hmm. especially when you get a you know a bunch of men together, and it the they're for well for lack of a better term the bullying, the yeah. hazing. Yeah. It happens. Yeah, because it does. if you if you take a mechanic, you know, that's in their forties, which is the average for yes. for our industry. More than average. Yeah. And uh, more than half. Get a bunch of them together and then you throw a twenty one year old kid in there. That kid is gonna get hazed like no other. 
Yeah. And, and, I, and I've done my fair share of making fun of young and, mechanics. I'm well, say this. So have now, I. Now, I, but I but do even it, more you know, so. It'll be even more so if they yeah. say something. Well, and, and and we've like whenever I do it, like it's not it's not in bad nature. Like it's 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 a it's more of like a you know he, you know <gasps> here you're part of the, you're part of the guys now to a degree, and it's right. never it's never crude. It's you know it's always you know something silly like how you drive a Ford. Uh, right. That's usually my thing. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. Which realistically, but, I'm just saying that because I want to. You know, I'm, I'm, they're young. I want to give them advice. They shouldn't be driving a you know Ford. You know. <laughs> but you you get that a lot in this industry. Yeah, but and, you get in you get the, like the crude hazing that is mm-hmm. a big deterrent to that to the to the much younger generation. And that's generation. why a lot of them don't last. Yeah. Is now now this see, this is not this is not specific to automotive. It no, exists it's not. in all of the skilled trades, which is another well, reason why, why the whenever I brought it up, that's yeah. why I said it, it, it is common in almost every skill trade. Yeah, you get the hazing, you get the go find me a left-handed pipe wrench. Yeah, you, yeah. you get all of that stuff, and they or you get, and, you get I need you, you to I need these, you to run to the parts store, pick up a bucket of uh, headlight fluid. You right, know? And, and then you get these uh, people that have you know have these. Uh, well, for lack of a better term, sheltered, I guess you can say. Yeah. The the anti-bullying and all yeah. of that situation their entire life, and they expect that to continue into adulthood. Oh, and, and it then doesn't. It, they get a very rude and then, awakening. And then on top of that, once somebody figures that out about them, yeah. oh, it, it, it oh, just increases. And I'm not saying that – I wouldn't say that it's – I wouldn't say that it's okay to bully someone because they they're, you know can't take it. However, you know, and, and I'm not saying that it's necessarily well, and, and a good thing again, that that's they can't why I said take it. In the skilled trade altogether, yeah. once somebody finds something that gets under your skin, they're going to exploit they're gonna, it the, continuously. Yeah. And I think, and I think, th- so that's a big problem right now that we see. And, and that's, and it's not just the fact that millennials can't take it. Sometimes millennials could take it. They can handle it. They've just decided they don't want to take it anymore. They don't, mm-hmm. they, they, they're like, look at this and like, I don't have to deal with this. I can go do something else that pays mm-hmm. the same amount and I'm not going to have to deal with you guys being, uh, you know, a bunch of jack wagons all day. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's what we're seeing. And and that's why a lot of millennials job hop uh-huh. because they bounce from one, one trade to another trade yeah. to another trade because, well, this guy was making fun of my clothes. Yeah. Well, grow a pair. Yeah. I mean, for, for lack oh, of a better had, term. We had, we had a mechanic assistant. We, we made we made fun of his hair all the time. That'll, that's, you know, that's not why he's not working for us anymore. He's, right. you know, just found something else that he was doing. Um, you know, he, he found a better situation and we, yeah. we encouraged him to take it. He had poofy hair though. <laughs> it was fun picking on him. Yeah. But, but you, we, we <laughs> but, also knew him then, very well. And then another know? thing that commonly happens is you'll get yeah. these younger people that come into this. Mm-hmm. And they can dish it like no other. They will talk some mad crap to you. Oh, wait a second, you throw it back. But the minute it goes back the other direction, all of a sudden their their feelings are hurt, and it makes it a yeah. a huge situation. And then it gets escalated. Which which I think is there's and, a combination factor here. I think there's well, a combination also, of the fact that really that makes it really hard for these older guys to want to teach these younger yeah, guys. Yeah, that's what I'm, so I see a combination of factors here. I think that realistically the newer younger guys entering this workforce need to be a little bit more thick-skinned and then on the other end of that spectrum, I think that the older guys need to honestly back off a little bit on that that hazing nonsense well, because here's the thing is I, so, I agree with so you. So I was in the Marine Corps. So uh hazing and, you know, um 
basically, basically, you know, so busting each other's balls, that was a big aspect, especially as a new guy mm-hmm. in your shop. But that being said, when I was a senior Marine and I had junior Marines, like I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't make them do stupid stuff that didn't have a meaning to it, didn't have a lesson behind it. And that was because, you know, I didn't want to. I remember when I started in the construction trade. There was a lot of, there's a lot of garbage there's a lot of garbage that doesn't make sense and has no educational value. Now, there's some stuff that people are hard on you for that has educational value. There is certain things. Because there's certain things that, in especially in my case, when I was working on helicopters, has a life and death consequences, right? Right. So in those life and death type consequences, if you mess something up, you're not going to just get a, oh, you shouldn't do that anymore. That's not going to stick. That lesson's not going to well, stick. Well, and that, that same situation There's going to be a punishment for, involved. For our industry. The same. Not, not just, you know, I mean, not discounting yeah. helicopter mechanics. Well, but you do brake work. Exactly. You know, you mess up brakes. And it's it, it's and a it, simple job, but it's also but something that But if you don't do could, it right, you can yeah. potentially, you know, kill an entire family. Yes. And, so, and, and potentially multiples. Yeah. So you're doing, you know, you, uh, there, there should be some form of like a, uh, you know, a punishment or a lesson involved that has educational value. But that being said, you shouldn't just for the heck of it make someone, you know, have to run to the back of the, you know, the, 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 the parts warehouse and look for muffler bearings just because, <laughs> you know, that's. That's not something like that has no educational value. The only educational value, I guess, that you could that you could somehow extract from that would be say, well, they should have known better that there's no such thing as muffler bearings. But how could they know? They're babies. They're learning. They're babies. They don't know anything. This is why you're here. You're here to teach them. And I think so. I think it's a combination of factors. I think it it is that that's the way that they were taught. Yeah, and you know, back when they entered it. Yeah, that's what it that that was the thing. Well, the same the thing goes for like you know abusive parents. Like just because you were abused as a child doesn't mean you should uh, turn around and smack your kid around a whole lot. You know, well, it depends on what they did. <laughs> <laughs> depends on if I had to tell them twice. Um, <laughs> but no, but no, there there is it is a sick cycle that kind of has been continuing on. Now I think what's going to happen is because we're going to have this generational gap in our skilled trade. There's, that cycle is going to end, uh, which is for the better, I honestly think. I think that the, the newer generation coming in should be a little bit more thick-skinned because some of the stuff has educational value. But then on the other hand, the older generation that's teaching them should not be – basically, they shouldn't be as much of jack wagons as they usually are. Well, unfortunately, I mean, that's – Unfortunately, that's just kind of the way the industry is right now. Yes, I think it is going to be changing, though. I think it is going to well, be particularly adapting. once everybody it's starts have seeing to. what's happening. What's going to have to because what's going to happen is we're going to have like you and I. We're a like we are. There are very few of us in our age group that are in this particular industry. <clears throat> very few of us because the majority of them are in their forties and older. And then the other half of them are barely coming in, and then they're leaving after a couple of years. So there's like a small slice that's our age group. So what's going to happen here in like, you know, 10 years is we're going to be the old guys and there's going to be like very few of us. And so we're going to be dealing with mostly whatever new generation finally came in after the, you know, old farts finally retired and uh, quit throwing wrenches at people. Um, <laughs> so that the young guys yeah, but those could are some fond memories, <laughs> you know, engine a quarter wrench smacking into the wall right beside your head and you don't know where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> great. Great. Good fun. 
So <laughs> those were the days. Yeah, once upon a time. That's the so that's that's a big factor I think is the environment that that is involved that is it, that is it steers away that younger generation because they're looking at it and they're like, "Well, do I want to deal with this?" <coughs> and the reality is they, they they either it's either they can't deal with it because they're too thin-skinned or they're just not putting up with it anymore and they're saying, "Well, I can go do something else." Yeah. And and they're right. They can do something else, but we need but the, those people. I would say, but the problem that they run into is it's not just mechanics. No, it's not. It's really I mean, it's any it's, other skilled it's trade. Any skilled trade. It's any blue collar workforce, mm-hmm. and and that's that's a stigma that I think that we are that we like the workforce is just a little rowdy. It's a little dirty. It's a little it's a little crude, and I feel like that's something. I feel like the whole the whole the whole workforce environment in the skilled trades, the blue collar workforce really needs to get a professional makeover and look just just be more professional in general good luck yeah yeah. (laughs) i mean we do it we do it all the stinking time well what 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 is the statement that you've said multiple times uh we're better than everyone else oh i mean we're different Uh, yes Uh, (laughs) we're 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 we are oddballs we are and then and then take into consideration in our particular field yes we're mechanics that's what we do but we are one hundred percent mobile mechanics. Yeah. Well, so we're you know so we're not we just the we are changing the industry in the matter that yeah. Generally well, speaking, also, when you go to a shop, you don't talk to yeah. the mechanic. We're also the service writers. We're also the customer service rep. We're also the mm-hmm. you know we're our own individual shop managers. There there is a lot of difference in that particular aspect. But I think the same could be said across all skilled trades. I think we could there could be a slight difference. Uh, there could be a difference made in attracting new workers to the workforce if we can if if for well, one the and, environment and changes. then in ours. Like with our with us specifically, us and a few others here around the Tulsa area, and very few across the nation. Yeah, being uh, mobile and everything like we are, it's we we've also got to contend with elements. Yeah, your your typical mechanic shop, they don't have to deal with. Well, it's raining today. Yeah, how do we how do we tackle this situation? Yeah, but like that that's something that's more like like that's it that's it. Ingenuitive well, but, question, and as much as well, a, right. But that also brings in. It's harder to bring in these new guys into, and the, like we've been looking at numbers and everything in the direction that the mechanic world is going. Yeah. Here before too long, the brick and mortar locations are going to be fewer and fewer, and it's hard to bring these guys in to be like, "Hey, well, you're going to be working in the rain today." Yeah. And actually get the work done. How are you going to accomplish we, that? We run. I mean, the, the the construction industry has been dealing with that for. You know, decades upon decades upon decades, and look at the shortage they're having too. I know they're they're facing the same thing we are. But look, what I'm what I'm referring to is look at well, as, this is as few of us as I'm there already is, are. What I'm saying is we can affect it. We can ben- We can change it in a way that's not going to comp- compromise quality of work or necessarily make them weaker workers per se. But we can change it by making the environment a little bit more hospitable to a degree. You know. There shouldn't be, and here's the thing: is who knows who knows how many women honestly have an interest in the auto tech. I don't know if there are stats, you know, present on that, but I do know that 19 percent of the automotive uh, in the in in, um, in car dealerships, car dealerships in general. So, a car dealership, 19 percent of that workforce is women. 
There's, there's a whole one, there's almost one fifth. But in their service departments, 1%. So that means that there isn't, and this isn't a direct, this isn't a direct line that would directly compare and say, look, women are totally interested, but women are clearly in the automotive industries, but they are certainly shying away from service departments and mechanic shops. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there are, it's the environment itself. And I don't, and I'm not saying that, I'm not saying, like, again, I'm not saying we, we need more women. Well, and like, we just need more people in general. Well, in with the, your, with in your the current statement there, you said, what, 19% was 19%, in the dealership? Or yeah. And of that 19%, most of that's clerical. You're correct, but it's not that it's well, not. Well, hold on. There, there's a reason I'm going this direction. The the direction that we foresee that how this is, whole industry is going, you and I, that it's gonna it's gonna a lot of those positions are gonna be eliminated. Correct. Because it's gonna be the mechanic that's doing all of it. Yeah. And we got to figure out a way to bring women into that. Well, this is the thing is here, here's my thing. If they're, we don't if need they're interested. women, I'm not saying, yeah, if they're interested, I'm not saying that we have to, we got, we got to hire women just because they're women. I'm saying that if we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be making an environment that is because what we need is we need more people. And right. if, and if people are women, then by all means, let's well, have last those people. Time I in. Checked, women were people. Yeah. So. But what I'm saying is if, if, if those people, if there are people that are interested, if there is. I don't know the numbers because I, I haven't seen any polls that say how many women would be interested in joining the mechanic labor force, but they choose not to because of the environment. And let's say that number was, you know, uh, ten thousand. Well, ten thousand would all be a the, huge number to be able to bring in. Most of the numbers that I have seen, statistics and numbers on on our industry, none of them mention the the environment itself as one of the factors to it. At least none that I've seen. Have you run across any? Well, uh, that's that's been their their talk in this particular article, at least, of the environment itself that has that is um, that is that is a factor. There's there's no numbers associated with it, but the numbers are essentially, or the experts are suggesting that if we change the environment, we'll see better numbers in the automotive uh, technician industry. And I think that's true. And I think it's true for a multitude of reasons, because I, I honestly think there's probably a fair amount of number of women out there that would, that would be interested in the workforce, if not for the fact that the environment it just in general sucks. Well, not only that, but also the, the cost of the tools and everything to That's do That's a big this. factor. That is a really big factor. I'm going to say. I think but that, I think, that if, but, but of that's, all the factors that we have weighed in, in on this. But how controllable is that to us? You to know, us, it's not. Uh, the only thing that we can really do as. Provide the providers, tools. Yeah. That, and, that's but, the, but but do you think do you think every single shop and every single dealership is going to start providing every no. single tool to these mechanics? Not even remotely close. I think it's because more feasible. Now what more you're going to be looking at is, say we had a crew of or that we had enough room for twenty mechanics. Okay, we're providing them tools. It's a lot of money. A whole lot of money. It's a lot. You're of talking money. hundreds of thousands of dollars of tools to provide these twenty mechanics with their with their tools. About a hundred thousand. Uh, Not hundreds of thousands. Uh, yeah, we just provide them basic tools, and then they're expected to grow their own tool base after that. Either way, but it's you're a lot still of money. talking a big number. It's a big number, and then you're talking, you know, the the revolving door situation. Yeah, and well, and this is this is what I this is what 
what I'm getting at well, is that we we basically can't to have a a fully stocked mechanic bay with everything that mechanic would need to do their job. You're easily talking forty fifty thousand dollars for the bay, easily. Well, if you're talking like your lifts and yeah, all your lift the lifting implements, but if the you full, say you know, the if full you sets say of tools, the diagnostics, it tools. could be done though. It could be done in five to ten thousand dollars. Potentially, yes. The work can get done in five to ten thousand dollars worth of tools. Potentially, yes. Yeah, but now if you have a, a twenty bay shop. And what I'm saying, that this is why I'm saying it's more feasible to change the environment than it is to all of a sudden start providing tools. Here's another thing you can change, regardless of the tool prov- provisions or not. Start, start, start as, as from shops, small and, uh, small and large, uh, near and far, everyone starts offering apprenticeship programs. Start offering paid training. Don't require them to go pay for these tech schools to go to offer apprenticeship programs like yeah. like is done in in the electrician's trade or, or in uh, the plumber trade reimbursement programs well that's basically how it works in like the the, the well and that, that's what i did with printing. my machining stuff yeah was i paid for it and then like almost every trade except for automotive technicians for some yeah. crazy reason if you if people want if there is a need which and right now, there is a need. There, there seats need filled in these jobs. Bays need filled with mechanics, and for cra- some crazy reason, mechanic shops still aren't paying for training. They're expecting you to come with, you know, uh, a certificate in hand after you had to go and spend. You know, some cases these tech schools aren't that expensive. They're certainly cheaper than a bachelor's, but in some cases they can be upwards of. You know, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars for a two-year uh, te- uh, uh, technician degree. Definitely, depending on where you go. Depends on where you go. Now, th- that can be expensive, and you know, fifty thousand dollars is not a ton off from some of these bachelor's degrees that you could be getting. Um, it's it for for a two-year uh, tech school. Now, granted, um, you know these tech certificates oftentimes can land you jobs that pay. Well, the same, and a lot if of not those, more than a bachelor's degree. But my point a is... A lot of those higher ones that cost that much money to do... You're going to be... That cost... Well, that cost is also including the tools you need in order to do that. I know uh, that for... Yes. Some, well, that's why I said depending on what school you go to. There's a particular example in mind that I can think of is a friend of a friend of mine spent $50,000 to go to unnamed school, um, got a certificate... He did not, he didn't get, all he got was a certificate. Didn't get any, didn't necessarily get any tools out of it. But he did, because of the particular school he went to, the clout that that name had, got him a job that started at 50 grand a year. Granted, that particular job, though, at 50 grand a year in that particular area wasn't, it's not like, it was in Northern Virginia. In Northern Virginia. Well, I I was speaking with someone just the other day, same situation, he spent, uh, I think it was like nineteen grand a year for the one year that he went. But mm-hmm. when he graduated, that nineteen grand included like seven thousand dollars of tools that he had to purchase for the class. Yeah. So it came with whenever he left, he had that but, seven grand of tools. But my point now, is, now granted that seven grand was snap on, so it's so not he, a whole lot. <laughs> so he had like a seventeen piece socket set and four wrenches. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the bulk of that was the diagnostics machine that he had that they had to have. My point is is that other trades pay completely for schools. 
Yeah. You don't, you're not paying for schools. You're going into these. And so whenever people are, so the few people that are considering skilled trades, because I think there is a growing interest in the skilled trades um, industries, which is great because the whole of all the skilled trades is suffering a shortage right now. And it's going to be a danger in the future if things don't start getting corrected, as I discussed with Billy a couple of episodes ago. However, whenever people, the, the few people that are getting interested in it and looking into it, they're going to be looking at, well, I could go and be an electrician. They're going to pay for my school and they're going to pay me while I'm doing on the job training and pay me well, you know, 17, 18 bucks an hour. Um, or I can go pay for a tech school to be in the mechanic, you know, to be in the mechanic automotive industry. And I'm not going to get paid at all while I'm going to this school. I have to do it at night because I have to go well, get a minimum wage job to pay for this school. And I have to pay thousands of dollars a year to get this tech certificate. And then whenever I start out in the, in the automotive industry, um, they're going to start me at the low end. And then I have to buy all my tools. What looks more appealing to you? Let's discuss one more matter to put on top of that wonderful little cake that you built there mm-hmm. flag hours yeah i mean flag hours most shops and a lot of dealerships are even switching over to it you're not even being guaranteed 40 hours a week no but the thing is with flag hours is it is piecework but it can be profitable because say for instance you're good at your job and a job that bills five hours, you get done in three. You just get paid five hours to do three hours worth of work. But then if you have a slowdown in business for a week or two, for whatever reason, I mean, you and I are well aware of how this industry works. Yeah. One week we can be up to our eyeballs, and the very next week we may, we may not hear from anybody. Yeah. So there, there's a lot there, too. And then yeah. if you, you know, and then like as we by discussed. By and large, though, by and large, but, though. Your typical dealerships, your typical mechanic shops, oftentimes aren't going to be in that much of a short. Or they're they're not typical. There's still going to be something to do, and right. likely you're going to be able to. Even if you're getting paid flag hours, usually you make out better in the flag hour. World. Except for whenever you get into dealerships and stuff, they don't pay as well for the flag hours. That is correct, but you're, you're again, making like ten like, bucks a flag hour. Or I whatever. don't think that's a factor in a deciding factor in why people aren't going into the no, industry. but that's why they leave. Yeah, because they can't they can't base anything like this. Say I'm wanting to go and get a you know I'm wanting to start a family. I want to get a mortgage. Yeah, I can't guarantee what they my oftentimes income. do is I don't. The thing is they don't have a minimum set that you're not, not. There's nothing that says that they're you're not going leaving, to make this. They're not leaving the the industry altogether though. They're typically just leaving whatever shop is paying that or whatever shop isn't providing them enough hours to keep them happy, and they're right. going to another shop. Especially because if you've been if you've been in the industry for two years, you just spent a buttload of money on tools, and you're going to make them useful somehow. <laughs> So, or in some cases, you still have payments on those tools and you got to make those payments somehow. (laughs) Well, and and that's why I was saying it makes it hard to really justify doing that. I don't think that's a huge factor. I think that it's probably a factor for some. I think it is a factor for some. I think one of the, one of the bigger factors is if you're going to be, whenever you're talking about the people who are looking in the skilled trades in general. But that's also why you would consider that you could consider like a dealership as an entry level thing is like you stated. They're not going to have the shortage of work. 
No. But if you go and work at the mom and pop shop but down the block, this is where they this, may. This is where um, what I'm talking about. He, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at and here is that that also creates another another. We were more into the hazing situation. What I'm trying to get, you get at your pecking orders. Yeah, but what I'm trying to get at here is the is the the skill. Why is the automotive industry? Why does the automotive techs uh, uh, shortage seem to be affected? more so than a lot of other skilled trades. It's because it is less appealing. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what I'm the, saying is that's just one more layer to it. Is, you know, we get them to break into it. And yeah, but I'm talking, about, I'm talking like about... Like whenever someone's doing their research and stuff, I can't think of another job that does flag hours. Um. Yeah. I mean, they're... I mean, seriously, think about it. No. Uh, think... think it's also it's also one of the very few industries where it's typical to bill flag hours. Right. Literally anywhere else you just you, you know there's no flat rate you just you bill hourly and mm-hmm. that's that. But not a single customer is going to be cool with hourly in a lot of cases most right. of the time. No one would be happy with those bills. I'm telling no, you because in some cases we we you know we get things handed to us whenever. Well, and we're one of the few industries that have a labor guide. Yeah. And people think that that. That labor guide is the golden rule to everything. That that is never but, wrong. That's so. That's that's part of that's. But 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 regardless of that, the, still the median income is is sixty thousand for right. an experienced mechanic. It's right. still the median income, regardless of how things are paid out. So the money, and on top of well, that, but that's what I'm saying. No, no. And to on get top to of that, that, though, to get to that point, it takes time. Well, even at that, the median income for basically lube techs, which is a starting position, is twenty nine thousand a year. That's that's more than a lot of people. And that depends on what shop you're in, anyways. It does, but twenty nine thousand a year median income, and the and, and on averages, according to labor, uh, the Bureau of Labor reports, the averages, the average that mechanics are working are forty four hours a week. So we're not talking, you know, death defying like hours. We're not talking 60, 70 hours a week in order to make those numbers happen. They're getting paid decently okay, regardless of how it's hashed out. Whether you look at the flag hours or you look at it, you know, at hourly rate, labor rate, which most lube techs are hourly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're, you're typically your master mechanics are flag hours. But your master mechanics can make the flag hours work. In fact, that's what the workforce well, and that's is also, asked for. That's another problem. You know, the short, brief time that I spent in a shop, one of the things that sucked while I was there, because I was just a lube tech, it was a, I took the job because at the time I was unemployed and I have, you know, I have children. I, yeah. I got to feed them. You so don't I, have to, but uh, there's some, a- upon if there's you some don't. state agencies that frown upon it <laughs> if you don't. But so I, I just took the position because it was something that was quick and I was overqualified for and they hired me for it. Now being the lube tech, I was the only lube tech in this shop. So when every oil change that came through, that was my job. That's what I did. But there was three other mechanics in this shop. And, you know, we were, like, when we were busy or when we were slow and had nothing to do, the three mechanics were hanging out in the corner just kind of sitting there waiting because, you know, they're required to be there. Meanwhile, being the lube tech that is an hourly paid employee, if the owner or one of the mechanics seen me leaning on something or whatnot, I always had to be doing something. Yeah. Even if it was pulling the tires off the rack and putting them back on the rack, I constantly had to be well, doing something. But, but what I'm, where I'm going with this is you get these younger guys that take those positions and that's what they see. That these guys, I'm doing all the work. These guys aren't doing anything. I, I still, but so it makes it seem that's the case in any skill trade, though. Well, because the, the senior guys rarely are doing the same type of work as the junior guys, and not in our company. Well, correct, not in our <laughs> company, obviously. 
because but uh, what i'm saying is that's that could that's also kind of the but like in the construction world you mm-hmm. know your foreman is not doing nearly as much work as the day labor in the electrician in, as electrician the journeyman is not doing nearly as much work as well, the apprentice that's what i'm saying is it goes it goes across the board as to why we have a shortage of skilled labor well because from the surface here's you know, the thing guys here's first the thing. entering this they're well, looking you, hold on they're looking at i'm doing all the work I think what it is, I think what it is, is people have a misconception that skilled trades are harder work than others, than mm-hmm. other jobs. But to be honest with you, as a mechanic, so as a mechanic, it's a little bit hard work. But to be honest with you, it is. Well, you and I have both stated nobody is paying us for the the work we do. They're they're paying us for our knowledge. Of it is the one work of the easier. Do. It is one of the easier jobs I've had. Honestly, honestly. our job is not physically demanding. Well. Yeah. Sometimes it can mm, sort be. of. Yeah, it depends. There's some days where it's but like for the most part, it's I'm because sore. of our our knowledge. It's not the same as do. when I was a day laborer in the construction world and I was having to break up concrete driveways and stuff. Right. You know that was a lot harder. Now there are some days where you're working on suspension or whatnot, and it's a little bit hard. Yeah, I could you know, I could open up, up a down, can of man down, or two. Up and down. And yeah. There. Yeah. I mean, there are days where it can be labor intensive with you know taking but, transmissions, you know, pulling motors. By and large, it's a technical job and mm-hmm. not as much a, you know, you, you get your hands a little bit dirtier than an IT guy, but more or less, especially nowadays with the way cars are getting, you almost are an IT guy, <laughs> you know? Some cars, yeah. And, but my, but my, I, I guess, I guess overarching or the, the overall point that I'm trying to make here is, is that if you look at us compared to other skilled trades, there's not as much appeal to the new workers coming in well, as there it is. don't help. I just remembered your article right here. Mm-hmm. It states in there that most of the most mechanics don't recommend doing this job for a living. As another thing, a lot of people say don't do it. Mm-hmm. I say do it, but I say you got to find it. You got to find I do the same good, thing. Yeah, I, and you gotta got to find yourself you know, a good. I, I tell I tell young kids all the time: go to a tech school. Even if it's going to cost you money, I think it's a it's a first off. Here's Even the at deal. that, most high schools, like, yeah. Like I'll be talking to my nieces and cousins and all of them that are still you know in the mid you know ninth tenth grade. Yeah. Look into tech schools because for high school students, a lot of times you can those, get that you can paid get for all that stuff paid for, free. for and get it for free. Yeah. And then when you come out, you can come out with. If you started, say, in uh, sophomore year, I think is usually when they start in tech school. Some some as early as seventh grade. Yeah. If you can start an automotive, like if you find out, hey, like back whenever I did it in high school, they mm-hmm. had a vocational orientation. Yeah. Which for one semester, you did one trade, and then you traded off uh, semester, or uh, every so many weeks, you traded, you know, changed the trade you were doing. Traded trades? Yeah, traded trades. <laughs> you know, that's like, that's how I know how to do roofing. Yeah. Because I spent, I think it was six weeks. And that's all we did for six weeks was roofing. Yeah. And ironically enough, I retained that information. A lot of so the thing is a lot of those. But uh, I always tell them if you have that a option, a lot of those programs are it. disappearing though, which mm-hmm. is what which is well, what's, because there's which nobody, is what's contributed to the skill. There's, there's not a lot of people none showing of the skilled interest. people. The the companies aren't investing into it. No. They're they're not there's, investing into trying to there get is, people. There's in. an overall shortage in the skilled trades industry, but my but but if I could drive anything home in this episode would be that the reason why we see we're seeing some somewhat of more disproportionate uh, shortage in the automotive technician is because we offer we offer honestly a little bit less benefits to the new guy coming in mm-hmm. as opposed to an electrician or a plumber or a well, roofer and, all of these trades those, uh, all of these trades typically offer paid for training 
paid for on the job experience and and it's not just paid for training but they're Another paying thing, you to they're paying you to get trained yeah in the tech industry and going to tech school and stuff it is really hard to get a student loan that's not a that's not a pell grant or a scholarship of some sort yeah but but that being but said you're though, also not those asking them for fifty thousand dollars but they're, no well that, that's what i'm saying is that being the, said, the that's, not that you're asking for that's not necessary. That's not necessary. So minor that but, it's not worth it. But that's not long. necessary in almost every single other skilled trade other than Even automotive that, techs. I can tell you right now, the state of Oklahoma, at least uh, about six years ago, the state of Oklahoma, at one of the local tech schools, the state of Oklahoma would pay for you to go to school. Yeah, but but my, they my were point paying is, for your classes. My point is though is that, or, but, but my point is is regardless of the con, we're the only we're like we're one of the very few trades that are requiring well, and, you to pay for your own school. Like and, everyone else, and everyone funny else thing pays on that for it. Is the the only uh, industry, the only trade that wasn't on that list, auto tech was auto technicians. Imagine that. It it is it is it, because typically speaking, it is one of the well, few. Well, and that's that's where I got my welding. Yeah. That well, I started welding in high school, but. That's where I got my my further into my welding, you know, doing the flux core and the the yeah. My that's that's my all of that is for instance, like it was there. Whenever you went you, when you're working in the machine shop, they paid for you to go to school to be a machinist. Whenever you if you go to work for an electrician, well, and like they, the, they pay the for you to go to school for that that free welding course I did. The instructors they volunteered their time. Because they were from some of the bigger welding shops in the area. Basically recruiting. And they sent them in and let them, well, the company, you know, of course, uh, compensated them for it. Yeah. But they sent the older guys that were getting ready to leave into these classrooms to teach but these courses. This is, this to is, get them to bring this them in. just further hammers it, home well, my point. That, that, that's that, why I'm continuing is because yeah. it's, it's, it's. The auto tech world yeah. does not does not provide the same it does not typically provide the same incentives for entry into this industry it is it is a little bit harder to get into than most other skilled trades because of that now that being said there are some shops out there that are offering paid training that are offering apprenticeship programs we are one of them and we're not the only one. This is this was not like my ingenuitive, you know, brilliant idea that I came up with all on my own. It's just an idea I thought of. I'm not the only one who's thought of this. Other people have. Other right. people do it. Other people offer the skill, you know, offer offer the training in the industry. But I feel like more shops should be doing this. I feel like it should become the industry norm, the standard norm. It's going to have to be because guess what? We're gonna we're gonna approach a point of no return. There's not a lot of us out there. And there's going to be a point of no return where, um, where we're going to need people so badly that no one's going to want to go. It, it, no one's going to necessarily want to go to school um, and you know, pay for is... it when they could literally join any other. Because there's we're not the only ones who are hurting in the skilled trades world. Other skilled trades are hurting, and so because of that, other other skilled trades have reacted to it and have since implemented paid training paid apprenticeships you're they're paying you to go to they're not just you're not just getting your training paid for but they're paying you while you're going to school so you're making money while you're doing it and you're not you're not coming out with any debt let's say except for mine uh i went to school on my own time but they paid for my school yeah but i had a full-time job during the day yeah doing exactly what but i was a doing lot of, at night. but in some cases some trades um <coughs> uh like in the electrician world uh billy i think he said he goes to school like once a week um yeah he goes to school like uh once a week and 
and then you know, and it's in his four year program, and so you know, he's he doesn't go to school on his own time, but it's paid for. And then the rest of his time, the majority of the rest of his training is all on the job training, and he's getting paid to do it. That doesn't typically happen. You don't typically see that in the mechanical, uh, in, in the automotive tech industry. And I feel like that's going to be a necessity. Like, that's going to have to happen in the near future. We're going to have to start seeing that occur if we want to hopefully um, get to the point where we can where we can potentially address this shortage in order to <coughs> sustain a lot of our businesses. Cause here's the thing is if we don't start filling these seats with young faces, um, you know, what, what, what's going to happen to these companies is whenever the, whenever the, we can't just keep continuing, uh, you know, as, as it, as it sits, you can't, I can't do this job into my sixties. There, there's no way, particularly with our our business model. There's, no. there's no way that we can be doing this that late in the in the life. Uh, it's, it's harder to do. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Medical advances have been getting. You know, maybe if I become a cyborg of some kind, I'm like half robot or whatever. <laughs> I could do it. Find a way to be intolerant to heat and cold. Yeah, something like that. It gets too cold outside. Uh, but th- that's this. I think that's going to happen. I think hopefully what we're going to start seeing. If people start paying attention to what's happening, is we're going to see people start offering, uh, you know, paid training, paid training, um, uh, paid apprenticeship programs, and we're going to in in our environment, the shop environment's going to change to be, uh, you know, more inviting and less hostile, and hopefully we start seeing a turnaround and we start seeing some younger faces in this game, again, so that way we're not having to be you know, looking at these numbers like this and saying, Oh, there's only 750,000 of us. And we're expecting to see a 20,000 person shortage here in the next like couple of years. And we need to, we need to have how many 40 something thousand replenish the workforce. Uh, yeah, we need in the next seven years by 2026. Yeah. 46,000. We need 46,000 more people just in order to maintain, you know, status quo and keep service operating as it, as it sits, we're going to have to see these changes. And, uh, and hopefully we do. I mean, that's what, that's what we're implementing, which is, we're trying. Yeah. We'd like, that's what we want to see. That's what we're seeing in our own business. That's what we're doing in our own business. And it, and it is not just because of this, the shortage It's just because these are common sense things. You can't just be, why can't you just be like a normal human being and be, you know, generous to people, be generous to employees, be, create a non-hostile work environment. That's a lot of the problem on some, some, well, not necessarily a lot of the problem. It's one of the problems is anymore. It's hard to find a workplace where you're more than just a number. Yeah. And it's really hard to find that workplace. It is. And I think, I think we're going to see changes. I think we're going to see changes. Hopefully. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. Well, see, that's, see the funny we're, thing. We're either gonna. We're either gonna. You know, see a lot changes. of industries are having the concern. You know, they're they're concerned that there's a workforce shortage, but there's one. Our, our industry is kind of. I can't say it's uh, impervious to it. Autom uh, uh, robots. Yeah. Our our particular industry being a mechanic, it's it, kind of it, hard to it's have hard it. To, it's hard to automated. have a robot do it. Yeah. 
It is. It, it's very hard pre- to presently, have it. at least presently. Who knows? You know, twenty, thirty years from now, we could be well, seeing right. robots that could do but these jobs. That's like right now. There's robots out there that can weld. Yeah. Well, we can have robots I mean, can replace they cashiers. Do it all the time. Robots replace exactly. cashiers. It's, or hell, uh, <laughs> Walmart. Yeah, they've got the stock. customers are now the cashiers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got robots replacing the cashiers. This is what I'm. What I want. No, no, you you missed what I was saying there. The, the customer is nah, now the cashier. Nah, the customers. You you do you check yourself out. Nah. There's a robot there. They talk to you, though. They're talking to you. <laughs> but you're the one that scans all of your products. Yeah, that, that's a whole other topic that, in that itself. Is... It's, hard, it's hard, though, to replace the technician as of right now with present technology. Mm-hmm. It's real hard to do, especially because right now onboard diagnostics of vehicles is not there enough to allow the, the, the vehicle even, to diagnose. Even as advanced as it's t- getting, I still see it being a long ways off. It'll take a little while. Um, because there's so still in the meantime there's there still are, a lot of variables in that that comes down yeah. to experience. In the meantime, there are a whole lot of there are a whole lot of skilled trades that need filled, and so if anyone's considering, you know, if people are working on considering their career path, consider a skilled trade. Just consider one in general. And I promise you, right now, the the mechanic world doesn't look super enticing compared to a lot of other skilled trades, but I promise you, it will be in the future, and it would be worth sticking out. And, you know, toughing through it to get into it, because I'm telling you right now, it is going to be one of the ones that suffers the most from the skilled trade shortage, which means wages are going to go up as long as, as well as rates. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to make good money doing it. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be great for people who are, you know, it, it looks a little tough getting into now compared to just deciding to go be a plumber, which is a whole lot easier to get into. Got that costs as much money. Yeah. So uh, any other. Do we have any good news? Can can we say like is there well, good news? We we can discuss our meeting today. Uh, as far as wait wait what what nah. kind of good news are you asking? We'll get no. I'm talking about I'm just talking about good news in general. Other than the topic of you know oh no the sky is falling as we as we try and end this podcast end on a lighter note maybe jeez well, and well on a lighter note we've got the what we discussed today of a couple of companies that we're trying to get together to kind to. To kind of make things enticing to come to this industry, yeah, where we're trying to improve the industry, yeah, in in the matter that we're 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 gonna we're trying to get with other mobile mechanic services and try and make something that's more appealing to bring mechanics to our industry. Hopefully, yeah, and and, and hopefully that works. Um, but there's nothing concrete yet. There's no. I mean, we don't know. Well, we don't it's, know it's, it's a work in progress. We're gonna. But see. I mean, it is. The, I guess I'm saying the good news part about it is that it's not it's not something that's being overlooked in our industry that we do have other people that are interested and in I'd, it as well as we are. I'd venture to guess other people are the more than just more than just us uh, in and outside of the people that we know and outside of the circle we know. I feel like there's there's got to be other shops well, that right. pay attention. But that's why we're you know we're trying to get more more out there. Which if you know as you stated, we're probably not the only ones doing it. Yeah. So hopefully we can hopefully. kind of get some stuff out there and get some things rolling and get some mechanic shops that are getting behind this to try and create and prevent this from being what happens. Yeah. That we just completely run out of people. Well, what's going to happen is we, it'll, it'll fix itself. <coughs> but it, the, the only thing I'm concerned about is it, whether it be a proactive, uh, you know, solution or a reactive solution, reactive solutions, oftentimes, um, 
are are mildly drastic in the you know in in the short term and then they level themselves out you know if it's a reactive situation where holy cow you and i are the last mechanics on 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 the in the country you know if that's the case people are going to have to figure something out i I ain't got enough i ain't got enough time in the day um you know there there would be in the year there would be a yeah there would be a reaction of sorts and then oh my goodness everyone you know uh everyone's forced to take you know mechanics uh courses in high school and we have to take you know 25 percent which should still be the case i think it should be i don't necessarily think it should be a forced thing it should still be an option should be an option that's part of the problem where i went to high school my electives were take french take spanish Art, home ec, or ag. Yeah, those were my electives. Well, they have, they they have. There is that's that's something I talked about with Billy. Is that there is a shortage? There are shortage of options that get people interested in skilled trades, or at least present that with an option in high school, so that way people are aware that that's even an option. And yeah. it, and it, it, realistically, the option it looks like it's a very narrow path that leads straight to college. These days, I think that those things should be presented a little bit more, you know, effectively. No, don't but, get me wrong. Ag is what because that, that's what I ended up doing was I, I took agriculture, and that is what got me into into well, not necessarily one hundred percent of it, but you know, in agriculture, you know, to be a farmer, you've got to know how to weld. Well, when I'm so that that's kind of what started. Those things to, aren't even offered hardly anymore in school anyway. Exactly. My, but my I grew is, up in a farm town. Yeah, my point is is that there are, you know, there are fewer of those options available in in school than there used to be, and because of that, we see a shortage in the skilled trades, and I don't think that's a coincidence. That's one of the many many reasons that has led us to the point that we're at now. That is looking, mm, oh, a little scary. So hopefully, hopefully we'll fix this. Hopefully we'll, f- I'm doing my part. I'm going to attempt, I'm attempting to fix this. We're doing things differently. We're not, you know, we, we are, you know, doing basically paid training. We have an apprenticeship program. You get paid, you can get paid to learn to be a mechanic in our, you know, in, within our company, instead of having to do this nonsense where you, you are expected to spend fifty thousand dollars just to get an interview with us basically more or less which is what which is what happens in a lot of a lot of uh you know issue in a lot of particular situations so um anything else conclusion concluding ideas uh, any conclusions no i mean we can maybe mention what our next couple of podcasts are going to be over we have no idea uh we have one yeah, but we already mentioned that, and we also still don't have did and we? I we don't yeah we did, and we still don't have a timeline on when that's going to be. So, anything I else? I think it's going to be soon. Any conclusions? Mm-hmm. Nope, I'm good. All right. Well, uh, with that being said, um, farewell to all, and uh, hope this hope this podcast finds you well. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope it was informative, and I hope you all. I consider skilled trades, particularly the automotive technician industry, perhaps, maybe. All right, sayonara.